0: Choose you this day whom you will serve But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house I said choose you this day whom you will serve But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house, and my house. Good morning, NetWorld. And thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series titled The Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for His generational blessing. We're continuing in the fourth essential of the Family Bible Revolution being generational. And we left off yesterday talking that Jesus is the seed, Jesus is the Word, therefore the Word is the seed. Let's read Matthew twelve forty six through 50 again. While He was still talking to the multitudes, Behold, his mother and brothers stood outside, seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and mother. 1 Peter one twenty three says that we've been born again of the word. Therefore, we are of the seed of Christ. We're the spiritual seed. We are family by a spiritual bloodline. This is why Joseph could not have been Jesus's father. We are literally the children and family of God. Recently, I was spending a few days in the mountains in prayer, and the Lord spoke to me. He said this, we, being the master's house, the church that I pastor, have to change. We have to shift our paradigm from a corporation, an organization, a leadership, a business, a place of work, an institution where we sell, profit, and produce programs and everything is guided by numbers. We need to shift to the truth of family, father, mother, brother, sister, grandparents, and grandchildren. He reminded me that the root word for family is patria or patriarch, which is fatherhood from the root. Father, patria, patriarch, it's the seed, the word, the blessing, and the covenant passed down generationally by the patriarchs of the home. It's the father, not a CEO, the mother, not a vice president, brother and sister, not co-workers, grandparents, not board of executors. He said for the master's house, it needs to be vision and mission, not brand, promo, and logo, needs to be souls and lives, not market and demographics. It's simply, just come and be with family. He told me it needs to be less structural and more organic. While department heads, directors, and the organization of workers is very important, we need to relate through the organics of family and household, rather than the science of corporation, brands, and branches. And so I spoke to him back. I said, how do we do this, Lord? Show us the vision. Lord, how do we make this transition and this change of mindset? How do we go from one who's in charge to simply what needs to be done? How can we move from staff members to sisters, brothers, and households? How do we move from a business culture to a family culture? It may be that we can only get so big before we have to branch out. Then the Lord spoke. He says, it's not by the natural seed. But by the spiritual seed of Christ, and this can only be done in Christ. He said it was a culture of blessing, its authority through relationship and not position. And then he told me, Remember your vision statement. And I did. It says, We are building the family of God through worship, relationship, and service. What a reminder to me that I was in the will of God concerning the vision of the church. And this brings us to the last essential. The final essential of family Bible worship. Let me remind you the five again. The five essentials for the family Bible revolution are as follows one, family worship, it's the focus of God's Word being presented and discussed in the household on a regular basis. Two, its authority, which establishes the responsibility, respect, and the honor. Third, appointed and anointed, which speaks of calling, gifting, and the God-given ability to fulfill that call. Fourth, generational, which speaks of the strength and energy of the young and the wisdom and the fortitude of the old together. And finally, fifth, church worship, which speaks of the importance of the Sabbath and our gathering unto him in the beauty of holiness. So with this fifth essential being church worship, we're talking about the corporate assembly. However, the term Corporate assembly is never mentioned in the Bible, but we do have some other terms. The first would be the assembly of the congregation, which means all or the whole, and it mentions it in Numbers chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. It says, then Moses and Aaron took these men who had been mentioned by name, and they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month, and they recited their ancestry by families by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names from twenty years old and above, each one individually, as the Lord commanded Moses, so he numbered them in the wilderness of Sinai. So we see instead of it saying corporate assembly, it said it's called the assembly of the congregation Joshua eighteen one says it this way: now the whole congregation. Of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there, and the land was subdued before them, so we see it's called the tabernacle of meeting the whole congregation together first chronicles twenty eight and eight calls it the assembly of the Lord psalm one eleven verse one says the assembly of the upright psalm one forty nine verse one says the assembly of saints hebrews ten twenty five says it this way, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So Hebrews says, it's the assembly of ourselves. And then Acts calls it the assembly of the church. Acts eleven twenty-five through 26, then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And so it was for that a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So the word corporate is not in the Bible. Why? Because we're a living body, not a corporation or a business. Romans 12, 5 says, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We're not a corporation. We are a family by a spiritual bloodline just think of it the disciples never sought the world for advice on how to manage the church we started with family worship went through authority appointed and anointed generational and now we're at church worship it talks of being in the temple it speaks of on the sabbath it talks about in the beauty of holiness in first chronicles chapter 16 it means we're praying together worshiping together learning the word together it's where the manifestation of the spirit comes and speaks to us through the gifts of the spirit it's the point where people bring their gifts to the lord it's where we have communion water baptism and marriage it's where we serve and we tithe and we give offerings for us we call it attending church on sunday but the word says that it's called the sabbath mark chapter 2 verse 27 says and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. God says the Sabbath was made for us, not us for the Sabbath. God rested and he instructed us to do the same. The word Sabbath means to rest or to lay aside labor, letting go, letting alone, and to settle down. Now the New Testament talks about this rest of faith in comparison to the seventh day. Hebrews 4 Verses 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. And then verses 9 through 11 says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. You see, faith rests, and the opposite of rest is burden. Burden means hardship, anxiety, and distress. There are many reasons for the Sabbath, and I like what Perry Stone writes. He says, With today's fast food restaurants and busy schedules, home cooking is becoming a lost art. Now, on the average Sabbath, mom and dad exit the front door. The kids head out the back door, and the neighbor pops in to say hello through the side door. In America, the Sabbath day has become just another day of the week to work, clean house, shop, and perform routine activities. Perhaps this is why Americans remain tired, guzzling energy drinks, and experiences stress-related illnesses. We are breaking God's commandment to rest on the seventh day. We are working seven days a week. The feasts provided special seasons to cease from work. But the Sabbath provides one day a week to just chill out and enjoy a word from the Lord in his house. I do not believe the Sabbath is legalism. The Greek word for church is ecclesia, which actually means the assembly. It's the assembly of the saints. Like Hebrews 10:25 says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. There are big reasons for the Sabbath, not just rest and health, but for us to gather to pray, to worship, to bring our gifts before the Lord, and to hear from the Lord. I like the story in Luke chapter 10, verses 41 through 42, about Mary and Martha. It's when Martha was so concerned that Mary wasn't doing any work to get ready for dinner. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Yes, it's very, very important that we gather unto the Lord. And there is a term that describes our meeting together. It's called in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 96, 7 through 9. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. This word beauty means honor, splendor, majesty, glory, array, attire, holy adornment of public worship, and holiness means sacredness, consecrated, dedicated, and set apart. Yes, we need to respect the assemblies of the saints and be called out and gathered together to worship the Lord. And once again, that's all the time we have. So I look forward to being with you in my next netcast. Mark your calendar, set your clock, and tune in as we continue in establishing the Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for His generational blessing. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site.